espero que nadie se, se ofenda, pero hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, depending when you're watching us. For those watching us live, good evening. Um, today we have episode 73, one word. Otamendi in capital letters um, off the back of a nil-nil draw at the Camp Nou against Barcelona. Uh, today we have Bill. We have Oscar is back from his Rio de Janeiro escapade. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? Good. Good. Could be better today, but good overall. Oscar, we're going to start with uh, give us a little snippet of of how your trip was to brazil and right. did you were you able to negotiate a contract for jj to go back i'll tell you i'll tell you guys one thing i i kind of felt a little bit like man am i the only one that thinks this guy is not good like everybody in brazil loves him everybody like you you like uh you even like fans that don't even know that much soccer they know jesus mm -hmm. and i was like man why come they these people praise him and I'm here hating on him every single week. I'm like, what is this? Something has to be me. It has to be me because, but, but bro, bro, we've been trying to tell you that for years. <laughs> I, no, but the thing is, I, I don't, I, I don't forgive that quick. That's fair. And, and, and that's, that's my thing. I just have this whole thing about the way he left. But obviously, you can't deny he's, he's, he's a good coach. He's a coach that likes to win. But man, I was impressed with how like everybody's like, hey, if Jesus was here, Flamengo wouldn't be playing this this kind of stupid ass game that they're playing right now. They and then we went to a sushi bar, and the game was on. And I think it was a game they tied two two. Uh, one of the last games they tied two two, and man, they were shitting on the coach. Uh, this guy Augusto Renato Augusto thought he came in. He's like, oh, he got the best players. Look what he does now against. I think it was against Chapa, and they tied two two, and Chapa's in last place. They like horrible this year. And and like look at this guy talks about Jesus. Jesus was here. They, they wouldn't play like this. I'm like, wow. I'm like, maybe it's me, man. Did you go to um? Did you watch a game at the Maracanã? I went. I, we went to to this the the outside of the stadium, but we didn't go in. We couldn't get tickets because they had needed COVID COVID uh, uh, tests to get into the stadium. We had a vaccine. We tried to go like twice, two games. We tried to go to. Yeah. 
how did the how's the stadium look on the outside? Dirty. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's an old stadium, so yeah. I'm not surprised. I mean, yeah. they remodeled it for the Olympics and the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, but, but everything else out, outside, it's yeah. I mean, the guys shared pictures of us with the Campano today, right? And the pictures on the inside, it's just an old school, like think of Gillette Stadium, Foxborough Stadium, yeah. like just cement slabs, old stuff, right? So I guess I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. Well, glad you uh, made it out of the favela safe. You didn't get captured there. So good to know. And I'm sure you brought back a good quantity of Havaianas as well. Oh, yes, I did. 20 pairs. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. You're going to resell them on the black market here. Traficante. <laughs> Damn. That's a lot. Um, yeah. So for today, we got, and just before we start, para a malta que está a ver, amanhã temos o podcast em português, às 20 e 30 horas de Lisboa, por isso, se quiserem seguir amanhã o nosso podcast, também estão, podem acompanhar hoje, será em inglês, mas estão... Uh, podem deixar os comentários no nosso chat em português, que nós percebemos e traduzimos, uh, mas amanhã teremos o podcast em português com a malta uh, lá de Portugal, uh, a partir das 20h30. Today, Benfica 4, Passo Ferreira 1, Barcelona 0, Benfica 0. Uh, we'll talk about Yadam Shuk's gold drought. Um, we could talk a little bit about Otamendi's gladiator performance, if you will. Um, and then we'll finish the podcast with the fora do contexto, um, in terms of just a few videos that, you know, end on a positive note. And I saw your message, Bill. Let me just add the, uh, comments here, guess and see comments. Okay. So we'll start with, uh, Benfica for Pasferreira one. We'll touch on it quickly. Um, we don't have to go in too much depth uh, about it, but Benfica started with um, starting lineup was Elton Leite, Morato, Vertonghen, and Almeida. Grimaldo, Jetson came back into the team. Julian Weigel, Radonich, Everton, Darwin, and Rafa Silva. Uh, a game that I think that we all agreed in the conversation that it had a lot of Portimonense flashbacks. Uh, Benfica had two or three clear-cut chances in the first half. Um, finished the game with 63% possession, 61% possession in the first half. Um, three shots on target the first half, and those three uh, were pretty good chances to score. We didn't score. Pasolera comes down in the second half, scores essentially on their only chance, and then it took a miraculous and a superb uh, free kick from Grimaldo uh, late in the match to kind of unlock things. Um, or at least kind of project us to to the victory. Um, I guess just quickly on this, um, Oscar, I'll start with you. Any? Do you get the sense that right? We scored a lot of goals against Braga, right? But it, again, we scored early, but then it, it took a little bit for the engine to get going. And then once we got going, right, we got on a momentum. Against Pasfreira was similar, um, right? It took that goal, right? You felt like it was coming, right? But it just it seems like either we're super efficient or we struggle to be efficient. Right. And today could have been an example of that. Um, but kind of thoughts on your game on the game. And is that a concern? Like, it seems like we don't have a middle, right. It's either zero or a hundred. Yeah. I think you're right because Benfica starts off the games and, and if they don't score right away, I feel, I feel like they'll, they'll never, they'll be there the whole day without scoring. And then if they score one goal, 
and usually it's been happening late in the game or whatnot, then it's like the breaks, the like uh, everything just goes in. Like, in in that, what's scaring me right now with Benfica playing against teams like Pasfreira, Moreirense, is our strikers not taking advantage of their opportunities. Um, that can lose our campeonatos, that can lose our tasas, that's, that that can lose a, a lot of stuff. And that's what's what's been happening lately is our three forwards um, are in a drought. And not only not only uh, Yarmachuk, but well, Seth just came back, but Gonzalo Ramos hasn't scored a goal. Um, we have, and he scores goals like for fun for U21, which is like surprising to me that he that guy does not cannot get a, 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 a get one goal. Um, so I, it's just it's just to me it's just it's it's been a little bit scary to see that Benfica can't can't start a game, score, dominate, and score again, and dominate and score again. It's been like like struggling to get that first first goal. It's scary to me. I agree. Bill, what do you think about it? What's concerning to me is, and we've seen it over the course of the season so far, is uh, against these teams that are going to sit back and not really play toe-to-toe, that's when Benfica struggles, right? They they struggle breaking down those, those teams that are going to sit with 10, 11 guys behind the ball. And we see a game like today against Barcelona, and we go into it and we essentially can keep possession against a Barcelona team that's known for possession, right? But against Basel Freire, we struggle to break down anything because they're just sitting back and we've seen it a few times a season. I mean, the game against Braga, Braga came in with their normal game plan, right? That They didn't come in to, to sit back and, and and defend. They came in to attack and, and, and play their style and we were able to take advantage of that. And against Basel Freire and other, other teams that are just going to sit back, we struggle to break that those tight lines and it's and like Oscar said it's concerning when your strikers the few chances they do get they can't put them away and we saw that in the first half against Gospels right Darwin uh, Darwin had one and Rafa had one that should have easily gone in they should I mean there's no reason why they shouldn't have scored those but does it give you flipping the coin on the other side does it give you I guess some comfort to see that right throughout the season players are going to go through these droughts, right? They're going to go through lulls where they score a lot. And then, you know, they might go a couple games not scoring. Um, does it give you confidence to say that, okay, when our strikers don't score, I feel comfortable enough to know that we have goals somewhere else in the squad, or do you not feel that comfort? I'll go back to you, Bill. Um. Right, like Lucas really. who scored us a couple of goals. Yeah, the I mean, season. yeah. Of course, you're gonna get you're gonna throughout the season you're gonna get a few from from other players, but the majority of your goals are gonna come from your strikers, and it's when they all go cold at the same time, that's when it's like, well, what the fuck's going on? Right, you would expect of the four strikers we have at some point, yeah, one might go cold, but someone else might get might get hot, and but it just seems like at the moment right now. Rafa's in a cold streak. Darwin's in a cold streak. Yaram Chuck is fucking frozen at this point. Like it, that, that's what it's concerning. It's not just one of our strikers going cold. It's the three our, our three main ones right now. I would disagree on the Rafa being. He scored cold. last week, yeah, against he scored. He, he, today. He today scored. he definitely was a, a bystander. Today he was a shadow of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar, do you do you have any comfort that we have goals elsewhere? I. I, I still continue to say that our 
one of the biggest concerns that I have is we don't have goals for midfield. That right. that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna mention that. Like we we have goals from our center backs, which is Verissimo, Tamendi gets in there. Like we we have we have those guys that can come up and score a goal. To like we look at Sporting, who scores most of their goals when they're in the struggle is Coates, right? Yeah. So it's not even it's not even a midfielder or a striker. But the thing is, like we like and and I don't mean to bring PZ back into the conversation, but I but was gonna it, mention him though. But but previous years when PZ was hot. When our strikers went cold, we had our midfield players that could come in and score goals. We had PZ scoring being the, the goal scorer of the Benfica one of the years, 12, three years ago. He was the goal scorer for Benfica playing behind the striker or as an attacking midfielder. So, like, what's concerning to me is João Mari is not a scorer. Uh, Vigo is not a scorer. Tarap, even if the net's open, he will he'll pass it across. Yep. Uh, so, like, so, like, we don't have the midfield guys that come in or play the most of the game that score goals so we have to depend on our strikers at the time it's either Seferovic if it's Yarmachuk if it's Darwin and then usually our wingers Everton or Darwin or why not Everton or Rafa because Rafa is not a striker he scores a lot of goals for us but his job is not to be a goal scorer so so we can't put it on on Rafa we have to put it on our strikers and obviously everybody has to chip in and at this case Everton is, uh, is starting to chip in and Rafa has been doing most of the work yeah, I think, I, I think Nelson Nelson makes a good point here. In this formation and in the, the style we're playing, the the those midfield two aren't aren't necessarily getting into positions to score too often. But they're not. I agree with that, right? But I also I don't because right, Weigel's not. Even though they're not making those late runs into the box, Weigel's not a guy that's going to get assists. Jomari is not a guy that gets assists. Even at Sporting, right? He wasn't a guy that really right. got assists yep. or or got involved in the play, right? That's just the type of player that they are, right? They're not a a, a peasy, right? As an example, where he'll make those late runs into the box, he'll appear in areas that he gives himself an opportunity to score. He's a good in that final fifteen yards. He's he's capable of making the right decision, right? Whereas a Weigel is more likely to, to lay the ball off. A Jomari is more likely to lay the ball off. A Tarap is more likely to lay the ball off, right? Those guys don't have that instinct of like a Bruno Fernandes, right? Just pull the trigger, right? And just let it fly. A Pot, who's not a striker, right? Let's pull the trigger and see what happens, right? And I think that's the difference is they're a different mold of, of a midfielder. But I, I agree with Oscar. I think that's one of the biggest concerns that I have. And I mentioned it earlier in the season is we seem to have goals in different areas at different times, but we don't have goals from the midfield, which worries me a little bit, right? I, I feel like being dependent on the center backs or the defenders to score is, is a big risk, right? Whereas if you get your midfielders can score goals, right? They're going to be more likely to score goals from the run of play, not from a set piece, right? Like exact, like Sporting is a good example, right? They're, but they like, they're very good at it, right? So every time they get a set piece, it's dangerous, right? We're not that type of team, right? So when you're not that type of team, you need to be able to have goals from the run of play in different areas. And that's one thing that concerns me, but hopefully we don't have too many, uh, I guess, dry spells as it pertains to our strikers that it, it becomes a problem, but we'll see how that pans out. Um, just to quickly finish off on this game, because I think there's a lot to talk about in today's game. Um, Benfica moves on to the next round of the Taça de Portugal, which is the round of 16. Um, we leave Passo Freire behind. Um, there's still quite a big teams in the pot. Um, so I, I don't know when the draw is next. I did see the, the group of teams today. Um, so I would imagine within the next week or so that the draw will take place. 
Um, in that game, we had goals from Everton again, which um, tomorrow, for those of you who watch the podcast at 3.30 Boston time, <laughs> um, we have to eat a Cibola <laughs> because that's <laughs> the pack that we made. So I can't wait for that. Um, Seth scored on his return after a long injury, um, and we'll get into him today. Uh, but, you know, he came in for 15 minutes or 10 minutes, um, and he had an impact. Um, he scored that second goal, which was the winning goal. And then it just kind of opened things up for the team. Uh, Rafa scored, excuse me, and Everton scored as well. So all around, um, much better second half, or I guess much better final 15 minutes where we were able to take our opportunities. Um, but overall, I didn't think it was a game that we didn't play well. It was just one of those games that you kind of hit everything but the back of the net until that one went in, and then it kind of opened things up for us. So um, if you had to pick an MVP, um, Oscar, who would yours be? It has to be Grimaldo. Uh, just opening up that goal alone and opening up the, the game, opening up like by scoring that, that free kick, it has to be Grimaldo. If it wasn't for that goal, I don't think we would have won this game. I agree. Bill, do you agree? Yeah, I think he had a good game overall, but that, I mean, that, that free kick definitely changed the game. And I mean, the free kick alone is, is a worldly. Like that, you're not going to see much better free kicks than that. Yeah. And just to be different, in my um, After the Final Whistle article, after the post-match, um, my positives were uh, Seth scoring in his return. Um, and then my other positive was the substitutions, right? A lot of times we've criticized JJ for his substitutions not having an impact, and I know we talked about it in the chat. Um, it was a winner-go-home game, uh, right? So you kind of have to take that risk. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit further down the line. But he... JJ essentially breaks up the formation two times in that game with the substitutions that he makes, right? He starts with a back three um, and then he goes to a back four um, and then he essentially plays a four, two, four at the end. Right. And again, he has to throw everything um, at them, right? Cause you lose, you go home. Um, but there's been many times that we've had games where we needed to win uh, and, you know, he stuck with the front three, right. Or he didn't get too adventurous. Right. So again, I'm, as I said in the article, I I will be there to criticize him when the criticism is required and needed. Um, but I also think that, you know, where I think there should be some merit um, given, I, you know, I'll be there to give that merit as well. Um, so I, I just wanted to highlight that. Um, moving on to today, uh, Benfica zero or Barcelona zero, Benfica zero. We go into the comp now uh, in third place of our group. Um knowing that a defeat puts us out of the Champions League, a victory puts us in control of our own fate, and a draw um, requires us to depend on Bayern Munich um, to not lose uh, to Barcelona in the final game, as long as we do our part and win our game against Dinamo Kiev at home um, in about two weeks' time. Uh, a game that uh, I thought, first 20 minutes, Barcelona was better. They controlled the game. Um, they played in our midfield. Uh, they had a chance at the beginning from Demir, uh, who shot it. The shot's going wide. Um, it deflects off Vertonghen. It comes in a little bit, and Audi saves it with his fingertip, but the shot's still going wide. If he doesn't save it, the ball's going slightly wide. Um, apart from that, uh, you know, in the first half, I would argue that Benfica had the most clear-cut chance with that header from Yadamchuk at the top of the six. Um, 
that anywhere else that ball goes, it's a goal, right? And it just happened to go straight at the goalie, uh, and he and he was able to keep it out. Um, and then in the second half, I thought after the twenty. Your your audio's cutting out. Can you hear me? Or is it just me? Yeah, yeah. Now you can. Oh, and then in the second half, I thought that we we played well. We held our own. I thought the substitutions had an impact, and I thought that uh, our most creative player, Rafa, was non-existent, which I think hurt us. Um, and then, of course, the miss at the end, which completely feels like we lost and not drew. Um, Bill, I'll start with you. Thoughts thoughts on this game today? I thought I thought we did we did well in the first half to kind of weather weather the storm at the beginning. Uh, Barca did. I think they came out with with the intent to try to score in those first uh, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, and Benfica did well to to kind of to kind of sit back and absorb the pressure and and kind of settle into the game. And I think once once we settled into the game, I. I think we we created we might have created more clear cut chances than Barca did in that first half, um, and then the second half I, I think it was more uh, pretty pretty even. And then I mean that that Seth miss and I and I missed it live. I I took my I took my I took JJ to go get a haircut, so I was I missed that live. You're lucky. And uh, and when I got home, I. I went and found the clip of it and I like I, I still don't understand how that doesn't like how he misses that after doing the hardest part which was like chipping the keeper to get it over him and misses the wide open net which I think was a mistake I don't think he meant to I think he got so flustered that he was so by himself I don't he, know like, chipped yeah. him by mistake I don't know if he was trying to chip him to like chip and shoot or if like he was just trying to get it over him so he had like I don't it's, know what he was trying to it's do. Called, it's called. It's called. It's called. He got. He got super nervous. It was the, the <laughs> moment, and he just absolutely fucked it up. Yep. And then, yeah, and then really? he just shit himself. He should have. He should. He should have pants when he realized the net was wide open, and he could have ended it that, right there. The pressure that got to him absolutely got to him. I, mean, yeah, I don't think like, he knew what he was doing. I don't think if if no. you pass, shoot, chip. Yeah, I think he just. He just. Yeah, he had. He had Darwin. Wide open to the right, right? So I'm, I bet that, like, sort of... But the ball... But, 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 but there's no goalie. I mean, you no, don't exactly. pass that ball. You don't pass that no, ball. You no. shoot it in the net. You put ball, it in the 100%. net. 100%. But on top of that, it's on his strong foot. It's on his left foot. It's yeah. on his left. And he gets that ball, like, almost right at the entrance of the box, right? So it's not like the goalie's coming to close him. Like, he's got time one-on-one with the goalie. And I still think he messed up chipped the goalie and it worked out fine and then panicked and like he like stabbed at it with the bottom of his foot yeah it didn't even hit it wasn't even like a toe ball it was like, no, a studs. like yeah like it with the studs. Studs. um yeah disappointing oscar what are you what were you i thinking? i'll be honest looking at this game we like all right before this the the champions league even like got started we knew the group stage we knew what we got for the groups if somebody told me you're going to play Barcelona again and win one game and tie the other in Camp Nou. I'll sign off right now. 
And we all knew that against Bayern was a slim chance of us getting anything out of those games. So, like, so, so far to me, what I'm pissed about, and I've said in many podcasts, is our tie in Dinamo. Because our tie in Dinamo basically puts the everything in our hands for this last game. All right. Uh, if we had won the game in Dinamo and we, we beat Dinamo at home, that's, if we tie Barcelona and beat Barcelona, we went, we go through. Like, there's no, there's no questions about it. Now we have to depend on Bayern to beat Barcelona at home when they already qualified and have nothing to play for, and they have Borussia Dortmund to play against right after that game. So they're going to be playing all the B team to save the players for the, the big, their big game, which is Borussia's in second place in Germany, I believe, right? So, so I, they, they need to play their strong team against that, that game and that game. So I don't know. I, if, if Barca gets a point out of Bayern, we're out, right? No. If we no. win, Barcelona has to win. Yeah, got so it. Because if we, we, because if, we tie, if we tie, if we tie in points, we have to we go, we advance because we, we have to head. We have the head to head. All right. So Barcelona so we, has to win, like, yeah. unless, with the expectation that we win at home. Right. Because if we, we we need to win, we Correct. have to win. We have to. We, win. Like, no matter what, we have to win. Correct. Any any chance for us to go forward, we have, we to, have win. to win. Correct. So yeah. now, so now, even if we tie, we're still in Europa League. Correct. The good thing is about this game is qual- guarantees us Europa League. Europe. Yeah, no matter what, we're in Europe. No matter what happens in the last Correct. game. Correct. So, so, but now it sucks that because of that game in, in Kiev that we, like I preached about, that we had to win. We had to win. We depend on Bayern to win against Barcelona. We, today, I I would sign off on these games against Barcelona 100%. I absolutely love that Benfica played against Barcelona. I don't agree with the lineup. I don't. Just because I don't, I, Yarmichuk has been, a, is, is, a, is a, like, so this is why I don't understand Jesus, and this is where my criticism goes against Jesus. Like against Barcelona is a game. Just like I praised them when we played against Barcelona the first game at, at home, where we played speed in the sides with you know with Darwin and Rafa. When we play Everton, it's to hold the ball. We complained about it today. I heard Kenny say something about it today. Everton, why why wait? Why hold the ball? Why come back? Why not go forward? Why not attack? Why why stop the play? Because we're playing counterattack against against a team that play that has 65% possession, right? So we're playing counterattack. Everton is not there to play counterattack. He's there to to hold the ball, do I guess against Pastor Freire. Perfect. He should play those games because we have all the possession. We need a guy like Everton to break through the 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 guys defending with 10 guys, right? But not against a Barcelona where they have all the possession and they're pushed up the field. We need players like Darwin that are fast, right? Look at when Darwin came in today. You can see the difference. Like but that's late in the game, so it's a different impact. Yeah, but but look at the, the first game. It was in the first, second minute. Correct, but I think that game's very different because of the early goal as well. But I would say, and just to interrupt you quickly, is I agree with the the Yadam Chuk take, right? Like, would we have been better off to have Darwin in there from the start? Maybe, right? Because he's able to get those balls in behind. But the only thing I can think of is JJ's thinking is they're going to come in hot right from the start, right? So we need to weather the storm. We're not going to have much ball, right? And let's hope that Yadam Chuk can hold the ball up for us as much as we can to let the team catch up. And then in the second half, when Barcelona, hopefully the result is in our favor, Barcelona is going to kind of turn the screw and try to open up a little bit more. And then we bring in Darwin with the fresh legs and try to take advantage of that, which it almost and should have worked. Um, 
but unfortunately it didn't. But that's the only thing that I can think of. But I agree with you that Yadam Chuk's been on a cold streak. I would have probably just switched him for Darwin, but I don't, I guess, disagree with the 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 mindset, right? But you're also playing with the what ifs, right? Because right. if you hold on to him and then you're losing, right, then it completely alters the game, right? But it's a chance yeah. that you take, but I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's basically my like how I feel about this game. I felt like we needed to have a more of a counterattack team, just like we did in the first leg. Uh, I believe that team in the first leg was perfect for the kind of system that Barcelona plays because and they have the possession. Even, even more so when we're playing away, right? We're playing at Camp exactly. Nou. We're, like, we're not gonna, there's no expectation that we're going to go in there and, and go toe-to-toe in possession with Barca, right? No, absolutely, abs- no. absolutely not. Absolutely so not. Now, I, I agree with Oscar. That was the, from the, the starting 11, that was my only kind of question mark why he starts with Yadam Chuck. When you set up the team, you would expect to set up the team the same as you did at home, right? Whether the storm hit them on the counter, and to hit them on the counter, you got to have pace top to be able to go quick. Was it just me? Did, did we did we see Raf on the left side and Everton on the right? At they some switched. Point? I made they kept switching. They switched, yeah, yeah, they kept switching. They kept switching. Um, but Rafa, I think, I think Barca came in with like a game plan against Rafa because he had. No space. Anytime but even when he did, fall. his decision making, like he just looked off. Like his body language, a couple times I noticed, like he just looked completely off. I don't know if it's tired, if he has a knock. I don't yeah. know what the case was, but he just he, was he didn't look himself. Far from his, yeah, he was far. But from given the space, given the space that we had at times to break, if he was on one of his days, like he could have easily fucking tore them apart a couple times. Um, yeah. But his just decision making wasn't good. I'm gonna propose these two questions to you guys. Um, Oscar, I'll start with you. Um, SLBES says here we played for the tie. It was clear that the team was happy to let Barca have possession of the ball. Do you agree that we played for the tie? I don't. I mean, if we played for the tie, we don't put we wouldn't put Seth in the last 10 minutes of the game uh, with, it's, it's, with Darwin already on. With, with Darwin already, yeah. we took we took off Grimaldo, I believe. Yep, to so put Seth. With, yep, yeah. And so, so, I, I, so I don't think we're playing for the tie, I think we're playing to get the late win. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and and by putting stuff and taking up Seth and taking out Grimaldo, that that right there says it all. Like you you don't you don't put a striker take out a defender to play for a tie. And JJ said in his press match conference that he he took Seth or he took Grimaldo out knowing that Darwin wasn't going to help defend on the left side where Dembele was on, right? And I thought Lazaru yeah. played a hell of a game when he came he, in. He, he, he played well. I he thought played he played really well. Him. I think Dembele yeah. only got to the line once. Which was the cross that went over Odiseas and Gilberto headed out for a corner kick. But apart from that, I thought he controlled him really well. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, no. I think JJ gets credit for that sub because he doesn't just do a straight swap, right? He doesn't bring Lazaro in for Grimaldo. He pushes Grimaldo up, yeah. knowing that Grimaldo will help defensively on that side, which Everton Rafa, I mean, as much as they work, they're not gonna give you the same defensive effort that that Grimaldo will on that side. Um, Oscar, just to finish this one off, he's SLBES says yes, late win after trying to hold the game for 75 minutes, right? So you don't think that we played for the tie. Are you content with the way that we approached it, right? I, I think we all agree that we weren't going to go there and play balls to the wall, right? Just because the fact that we a win is great, but we just can't lose, right? right. And I think that us going there trying to play open football with a team that theoretically wants to finish it today right because they don't want to have to go to munich depending on needing to win there um are you happy with 
kind of the way that we went into it and then kind of throw everything at them in the final 15, 20 minutes? I, like I said, I would wish we had started differently uh, with more of a, a counterattack mentality, um, just like we did in the first game. I don't like the, 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 we basically put a team into play with possession. Like that's how I look at it when we, when I saw the signing 11, um, but I'm happy with the result. I was scared when Seth came in and I was scared when Mario went out when Tarat came in. Uh, those, those subs scared me. It, they worked out for, um, they worked out for us because we, uh, we could have easily won the game at the end, but with Seth, but I personally wouldn't do those subs because it's too much of like a risk. If we lose this game, we're out. Yep. And if we lose this game, not only are we out, but we could possibly get out of Europe. Correct. So, so it, to me, it was a big risk, and I, I, w I don't blame him for taking it because he wanted to just finish it today. But uh, it could have gone the wrong way. No, I agree. Because uh, let's 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 talk serious right here. It, Otamendi saved us after those subs were made. Otamendi saved us from losing this game. Yeah, he had some some crucial that that especially when the the pay cuts back and he comes in from behind and just slices him. Yeah, that that and save right there is is, is a game yeah, winning. He's on he's on the Dembele one. One so. more, well, he has one more yellow, and he would have missed the yeah. next yeah. match. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he had and enough fouls that could have gotten him a yellow, but the ref didn't. <laughs> yeah. <do that. laughs> um, but just to touch on that on that point from uh, SLB EES, I mean. There's not many teams in the world that are going to go into Camp Nou and, and bar, boss Barcelona, right, and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him, right? Even this Barca, that's not as good as we've seen in the past, right? They're still going to possess the ball, and they're still going to play the way they always play. And I, I think you – I think JJ went into that game with the game plan, just like we had in the first – that first game. And you you sit back, weather the storm, and and pick your moments to, to attack and, and go forward. And I, I, I'm – like Oscar, I questioned the, the lineup, but the way we played and, and and the approach to the game, I I think it's what we had to do, and I thought we did it well, and we could have very very easily have left Camp No with with three points, and and you know had our ticket almost punched to the next round. Yeah, I agree, and this is kind of mixing some of the topics here. But Nelson says, Yaramchuk fez um trabalho imenso. Mas o esquema não o favorece. Um, Yaramchuk com o Jonas ao lado marcava 35, 40 golos por ano. Um, we talked about Yaramchuk. He hasn't scored uh, since that game against uh, Vitória Sport Club in Guimarães um, for the league where we won 3-1. Um, he's a player that works his socks off. Um, one thing that I noted and I made a note of it during the game was for a player of his size, um, what I would like to see more is when we play the ball out to him to be able to play with his back to goal, protect the ball, let the team catch up, and then kind of distribute. And I made a note here that the two chances that Bayern or Barcelona has in that first half come from him giving the ball away cheaply, right? And one thing that I've noticed is he's not, or at least recently, when he's playing with his back to goal, he's not as strong as you would expect given his size. Um, I feel like Darwin's a little bit better at that and using his body and kind of being able to get around defenders. Um, but Bill wanted to get your thoughts on kind of Yadamchuk. Do you think that 
he's isolated by himself and he needs someone alongside him. Do you think it's just a matter of getting adapted and, and kind of giving him some time? I, I think it's probably all of the above, right? Like, I, I don't think um, coming in from, you know, a different league into Portugal, it's not, it's, you don't see too often a guy come in and, and right away have like no issues adapting to the league and, and, getting off to a fine start. There's always going to be some period of, of having to adapt to the league and to your new, new team. I, I don't disagree that he, he works his tail off. I just, like Oscar said a million times, right? A striker is only like the one thing we're going to look at at a striker is his goals, right? Is he putting them away when he has chances and he's had a few and he, he hasn't been able to, to, to put them away. He is, I mean, he is working his tail off. Like I'm, I'll give him that, but um you you the point you made with his him playing with his back to the goal and kind of holding it up it was funny that that first that first barca game i think i'm i think i may have like credited him for how well he played with he his played back to goal really holding. good yeah and then from that point on yep. that like type of play has disappeared like today there was a few times he, he should have done it right just receive the ball try to hold it up and wait for someone to get up there with him and he tries to turn and take the defender on. And he's, I mean, he's, he's a big guy and he's quick for his size, but he's not, he's not off of fast or Darwin fast. Like, I, I don't know why he was attempting to take a defender one-on-one when he didn't have any kind of support at that point, just kind of get the ball, hold it. And I think that might've been JJ's kind of mentality with putting him in, right. Have him up top. We clear it, him, hold it, let, Rafa and Everton get up and and support, but it, it didn't it didn't work out. Did you guys did you guys did you guys see the the I think it was Everton the pass that it, it was like uh, Yarmachuk was ahead way ahead and uh, Everton passed it across. The guy defender had time to come across and cut in front of him. Like I, I thought it was right could, after Everton nutmeg the guy right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the midfield. Yeah, but it, I will it, say that I thought Everton made a bad decision. In that play, yeah, oh, but yeah. but but from from where I saw Yarmachuk uh, in the first game, when we took the defender on, he actually yeah. saw some speed on him. I'm like, he's gonna get to this. He's gonna get to this. And then I was like, what the hell, man? That guy's he's, he's about the game. He You're thinking about the game when he goes by Upamecano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like like he, he legit like goes, he was. Yeah. I thought he was fast, field. and then yeah. and then I'm like, what the hell happened? I thought this guy was gonna get to it and and uh, get on a, a chance to score, yeah. but no, he yeah. didn't get no, down time. I remember that one, and he like pointed for it too. Yeah. The second Darwin got past him, he pointed for the ball like he wanted it through, and he Everton played it and fucking looked like Biggie running out there. Can we just reminisce a little bit? Who who do we all say was our will be our disappointment for the season? Shit, I don't even remember. I think mine was Vertonghen actually. No, Kenny's was Vertonghen. Vertonghen. I think you said something. Somebody else. I think mine was him too. Was and it? I think, and Everton, I think, was my breakout. Yeah, I think Everton. I'm thinking. Was, I think I might yours said was Oscar. Yarmachuk. Really? Was my disappointment, and in the uh, not because I I think he's a bad player. I think I I saw in Yarmachuk what I saw in Sefirovic when he came first came in. He started off with a hot streak, scoring a few goals, and then he went on a drought for like months. Remember? And then he became our fourth striker. Yep. Like that's what I saw in in Yarmachuk, and he can prove me wrong, and I hope he does. I hope he, he like he scores. He comes off this street. This uh. Trout and scores a bunch of goals, but man, I don't know. 
<laughs> just <laughs> yeah. hopefully it's it's a positive ending. I know that Nelson says here, uh, or is it não podemos fazer o Yaram Chukuk que fez ao Raul de Tomás? I agree. I, I actually liked. I mean, too. But I just I, I did too. But I also think that was different. Like, I think he he didn't adapt well, and he didn't like it. I also think he was playing out of position. He was playing behind Seth, where I thought yeah. he the role should have been reversed. I thought he should have been the guy. I mean, he's on the Spanish national team. He also so, yeah. like wanted he wanted it out. So I mean, they kind of no. But we, we 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 the fans Benfica fans are very harsh. Man, they are harsh. And and uh, and Dude, it's they not can... just Benfica fans. There's going to be I know, but like I know I know what it is. Pay, but but look, break look, essentially break your transfer record, right? Like. He was one of the, the, the but but at the time but, he might have been the highest, no? Impossibly, but look, look, who's the highest for Sporting so this year or or ever? Paulinho. Okay, and what's he been doing? And and uh, do you see oh, yeah. Sporting? Mm -hmm. Do you see Sporting fans criticize him like we did to Raul Tomas? Raul Except Tomas. Paul, Paul does, but yeah, no. but, but but like you don't see you don't see don't the fans, who, dude. They just won the campeonato they, with him. They don't they don't know how much they they spent for him. Yeah, but 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 all, all I gotta say is like we guarantee you go around and ask like ninety percent of sporting geeses don't know how much they they actually spent for him. Um, we, we, I guess we don't know how much we pay for our players either. We sell we sell we sold guy for three million. Well, we didn't have full control over his boss, but yeah, yeah. that was a dodgy a negotiation. Um, Oscar, good thing that you bring that up. But before I'm gonna mention my next comment. Um, if anyone in the chat wants to join us and jump in and share their thoughts about today's game or an individual performance, I'm going to po put a link in the chat. Um, you can jump in and just use your audio. You can do audio and video if you choose, um, but feel free to jump in and, and give us your thoughts and, and we can chat a little bit. Um, Oscar, you mentioned Benfica fans um, and being harsh. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at social media, but, uh, uh, I fear that this is going to be one of those situations where Seth's going to have to shut off comments and such on his social media. And listen, and and Kenny, and I'm going to bring up the conversation that we had in our chat because I know Kenny's not here to defend himself and he can do it next week. But right, Kenny's reaction was, you know, I want him gone. It's not acceptable, blah, 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 right? And, and just a few words. But there's no one on this planet that is more frustrated with the result of that play than Seth. I would probably guarantee that, or, you know, like that's the last thing that he wants, right? Professional soccer player has that opportunity to win the game in the final seconds, coming back from a late, from an injury scored last game to be able to come in again today and, and decide a champions league match at the camp. Now it, it happens, right? Are we happy about it? Obviously not. Right. But I think this mindset of like crucifying him immediately, like I think is a bit extreme, right? Like who knows against Kiev, right? He could be the one that unblocks everything for us. Right. And could be the one that books our place into the next round. Right. Like we don't know. Right. But he's also given us a lot of uh, goals that we've needed. Right. He was our leading scorer a few years ago, last year, second half in the season, he, he scored a shit ton of goals. Um, I just want to get your thoughts and I know what your opinion is Oscar, but you know, we can chat about it here and, and people in the chat, feel free to, to give us your opinion. But I think it was a miss. It's nothing more than that. It was a miss. It was one opportunity. We move on. And I think this mindset of like crucifying and he needs to go and he sucks in this, that, and the other thing I think is a bit extreme. And Oscar, I'll, I'll let you start with this one. No, I agree with that. Like, 
Well, we Seth is not a, a world class striker. We all know that. We all know that he he takes he, he needs eight chances to score two goals. We we know that. And but he's he's been our best striker for the last three years. Like we can't dispute that because the numbers speak for themselves. So when a guy is hurt for three four months, and then he comes back into the squad. Breaks the freaking the 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 deadlock that we had against Pastor Freda to get us a win to get us through to the next to the next round, right? And then he has a miss like this. I get it. It's probably one of the worst misses of his life, right? But like we can't crucify him and say he has to be he's he's dead for us. He's not one more minute for Benfica. Like to me, that's an exaggeration, and that's and that brings me back to to players that have. Like like played well, have done so much for Benfica, and then a few bad games and they're trash or they 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 can't play for Benfica. They're like the some pacas rarvantadas, blah blah blah. And I'm me, I'm talking about Pizzi too. Like Seferovica's done a lot for Benfica. They we the fans need to respect what he's done for Benfica. So one miss like this, we can't hang the guy. We just can't. As Benfica fans, that's all I was trying to say. We are very harsh. We are very hard on on uh, on players that have sweat their balls off to to for Benfica, for, and and have done great things for Benfica in the past. Like I get it. If they're not doing that well, sit them on the bench. But don't when they come in, don't crucify them. Don't crucify them because this this is what happens when you do. And then Seferovica goes into the drought because of this. The, the fans booing him. Yeah, I agree. If there's a time where he needs the fans to be behind him, as much as we are frustrated and annoyed with how that ended, it's now, right? Like us crucifying him isn't going to make things better. And Bill, I'm going to pass it to you, but this comment made me laugh because Tony says Saif. Um, and I'm laughing because we played with a guy and Oscar did as well. His name was Saif and he oh, was terrible. Oh my God, he was horrible. <laughs> so it just, it's, it's funny reading it that way Saif needs to play for him to score he needs minutes but he's there all the time Saif scored against Biggie from midfield yeah um, a toe ball too <laughs> um but I understand you meant Seth um uh, SLBES says JJ crucified him publicly I don't know if he crucified him right he said I don't, yeah, he's I never seen a one. he's never seen a goal miss like that in his 30 years of soccer like I don't think that's crucifying the, him. I think crucifying but that, that that is in a way because I've seen worse goals being missed. There was a player there that kind of distracted Seferovic from obviously tapping into the net. I've seen Fernando Torres, which is probably one of, at, the, at the highest level, one of the best strikers at, at his time, right? Miss an open netter for Chelsea, uh, maybe in the Champions League as well. I'm not sure. I know it was a, it was a, it was a very uh, uh, high game. Against, was it um, United? Whatever it was, I know. I know it was a, it was a, it was against really, United. Yeah, and he, he missed an open netter, and then yeah. completely open netter. So like players like, and he's not in, and you can't compare Seth to Torres at his prime. So like, dude, it happens. I agree, Bill. What do you think? Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I agree with what you said. I think if there's any time a player needs support from the fans, is it's now for Seth. Like, as much as we we bash on him for missing that opportunity like he knows it like the second he missed it I'm, I'm sure it went through his head like jesus fucking christ i i, I just fucking missed this and like there's a picture from the just, back side of where benfica was defending down the field and literally everyone is like hands on their head yeah hands on their knees head on the ground like complete 100%. disbelief 
Yeah. I'm sure everyone, like, if there was the same view of him once he got past the goalie, oh, yeah. I'm sure everyone was like this, ready. Oh, probably. And, and like, I, 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 I'd like, it sucks, right? Like, he, he missed it. He fucked up. He knows it. Like, he's, it's not fucking lost on him. Like he's he's gonna feel that one for a while. But I, I agree. I don't. I don't think. I think we can criticize the miss and still support him and 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 kind of want him to stay on the team. Like I, I don't think Bayfica should sell him. Like I think he can still be a useful striker for us, right? Like one of the three. Just rotate if you're rotating the three. Like he's still one of our top strikers. Bill, um, he's he's probably our best striker right now. Like, I don't, I don't know, about, I don't know because, about that, but because the, the, no, I'm talking about score, goals wise, because Darwin is he's been using Darwin as our, our our left wing, right? Like Rafa on the right, Darwin on the left, and sometimes push him into the middle when he when uh, when one of the strikers comes out. Yeah. But like, but but if if you think Yarmachuk and Seth, Seth has been scoring goals. Oh yeah, I mean, Seth scored one. Yeah, but he just came back Yadamichuk. right now. And Yadam Truck hasn't scored in, yeah. in months. So yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. But I, I agree with like we've we've all had our frustrations with Seth. Like he 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 does tend to to miss more than he scores. Uh but I I, I hate I hate seeing when like players like a Darwin had to do it earlier, like turn off your social media account. Like it just that that part of it's stupid. Like as a fan, you can you can criticize the miss, right? And and be pissed about it, but to go to the points where like you need to go into social media and and like threaten the guy or keyboard or warriors, yeah, like that that's just stupid. Like that, that there's no there's no spl- the place in the game for this. Like that that's just stupid. But I mean, guaranteed, the second he realized it didn't go in, and he he feels ten times worse than any of us do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Tony says, I still want to see the replay from the goal line that the ball was out of bounds that we scored. I actually have that picture up here for you. Yeah. Let me show you, Tony. We all, um, we all were with you on the same one, bro. Yeah. None we of us were, believed it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't believe it, but I got a video of someone at the stadium who was down the line. Um, and from this video or this image, it looks to it's, me that it's, yeah. it goes out of bounds. I was of the opinion that it didn't look like it went out of the bounds from the camera angle that they gave us, but that camera angle was more this guy here. Yeah. Right. So it, it wasn't that good. And the linesman, to be honest, isn't really in a great position to make that See, call either. That's what was pissing me off. When I saw the replay, the linesman was on, he was in the corner. And the second Everton ran up to the ball, he took his step to the left, like to stay in line with the back line of Barca. How the hell can he make that call if he's? I mean, it may have been even... more obvious, right? Because that ball's now coming back in at that point. Yeah, yeah right? that's true. So it, it may have been further out, but I'm with you, Tony, and I think we all are that we were thinking, <laughs> did we just get robbed another goal like we did against uh, Bayern Munich? I'm still of the opinion that whoever drew those lines. Um, was was not very good. Um, SLBES says we need a VAR picture. Uh, they don't have a camera angle down the goal line, so we're not going to get a VAR picture, unfortunately. Um, so that's the best that we have. But I think that, I guess, hopefully settles the uncertainty. I think that shows us that the ball is out of bounds. Um, one other thing or two other things that I wanted to touch on in this game. Wait, can we talk about the 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 Otamendi finish though? 
Holy oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> Dude, I, footed. I, I was like, I was like, okay, th- th- there's a chance gone, right? And then Otamendi shoots that ball. Like I was like, dude, this is insane. And then that guy was celebrating like 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 he, he just had won a World Cup. And man, taking that goal back was just hurt me. It hurt me a lot. I wish it counted. I was pretty excited. Just like I will say that when uh Seth missed that goal at the end, um my son was uh Santi was legit like he didn't even like he was in a state of panic like he had never seen me like that he basically was like frozen in his tracks staring at me looking at my wife like what's wrong with him trisha was like what the hell's going on i was like beside myself <laughs> I'm, I'm glad i didn't see it because on that otamendi goal um i fr- i'd lost my shit and was running around the house and my daughter was crawling around like looking at me like i was an idiot i would have if i had seen that but that miss i i might have smashed my phone like that s-o-b-e-s there is no goal line sensor uh in the champions league no uh, just wait, deal, wait, right? wait wait no goal line sensor in within the posts i thought there was no goal line at the at the, no. the, the end lines but not the, the inside no, the po- inside the goals no. there's there's correct. Goal sensor correct Yes. In the in Champions League, I thought that was yeah. only in. No, the there's there's there's, there's a sensor inside inside the do post. They? Yeah. Okay. I think they I think use they the Hawkeye. Did, no. I don't think it's a sensor inside the post. Yeah, the Hawkeye. Yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought like, I thought that was only EPL though. Yeah, yeah, but they they yeah. they, they 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 have like the hot sensor where like the ball yeah, yeah, crosses, yeah. you see the green through. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So unfortunate, but um, it is what it is. Unfortunately, um, two things that I wanted. I guess three things here. One, actually, it might be four. <laughs> Let me go in order here. One, uh, we've talked a lot about Grimaldo. Um, and I think that over the course of the last three, four games, like he's been growing in performance. And I thought today, all right, taking out Otamendi, I, I would argue that he, along with Gilberto, I thought Grimaldo played a hell of a match defensively and offensively. I don't know what you guys think. No, I, I think I think he that that guy when when that thing is it, this system works for Grimaldo like a glove. Like yeah. it if he had to play a, a back four, and I get I think somebody here in the comments said the back four, like four four two would have been the best way. For the striker, yes, because you play with two strikers. But for the system that we have with Grimaldo and and I know Diogo Gonzalez is hurt, but but uh, with if he used Diogo Gonzalez or even uh, what's his name? Lozano Lazaro. Lazaro. These guys are better offensively than defensively. So a three back helps these guys to, like peak, right? And Grimaldo when playing this kind of like a wide wing type of type of position is where he excels. I I think that's 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 where we need him to to play like this formation for Grimaldo to to excel. And look at what he what he's doing. He's he's performing at top level right now. Yeah, Bill. Anything else you'd add to that? No, I I agree, and I I didn't hate. I, I mean, I, I love the move of bring when he brought Lazaro in and moved Grimaldo up. We saw it last year with yes, Porto. Porto, essentially, right? He brought Tavares in and had Grimaldo play as a as one of the the wingers or forwards, and and Tavares was the left back. And I think doing essentially the same thing, but with with Lazaro, kind of locks down that that flank, right? You have essentially two defenders. Lazaro, I think, is better defensively than Grimaldo. And Grimaldo obviously is is head and toes above 
better than him than Lazaro attacking and going forward. I wouldn't agree with that. Lazaro is I good. Think, I dude, think I think good. I think Grimaldo is so much better I, going forward. I think he's good, but I don't think he's way better than him going forward. I would, yeah. I would. But just, I, but I like the move, right? Like we, yeah. if that's something to come, right? Like I do, I do think like that kind of setting up that way. I think it is it, a nice option to have, and I think Lazaro has been a, a, a nice little pickup because he can play on either side and. He's his first step is he's quick as hell. Like he's not the fastest guy, but he's his those first few steps, he's quick and, and he's a very solid defender. I'll tell you guys one thing. Not only not talking uh, leaving Grimaldo's uh, but like Gilberto. If you give Gilberto Dio Gonçalves cross, Gilberto is a, is our starter in that position, hands down. Defensively, I think he's really he's really grown a lot. And he, he's up and down, up and down, like nonstop. You know who he reminds me of? Not, and he's not the same player, but it's just like the style and his grit. And I know you're gonna say Moxie. Yeah, dude, just yeah, I mean, like you saw today against Jordi Alba, like just throwing him around, bodying him, just getting stuck in. Like he's not the flashiest player, he's not the quickest, he's not the most technical, but he fucking works his tail off. And it reminds me so much of Maxi Pereira. And remember, we talked shit about Maxi at the beginning too, because he was a midfielder ad- adapted yep. to right back. And we talked shit about him because what the hell? But this guy sucks. This guy sucks. Get him. And then he became what he became. So he Gilberto, Gilberto could be that a guy like that too. He was that guy. I used to laugh at Maxi because it, it looked like his arms were moving so fast, but his body so wasn't slow. going anywhere. And Gilberto, so I get the same sense because he's not very yeah. fast. But he's got good control. Like when he's in tight spaces, he's able to like switch between mm-hmm. feet and kind of navigate his way out. But I agree. I think that I was definitely one of the ones who criticized him heavily. Um, but I must admit, he's starting to grow on me. I think defensively, he gives us more assurances than probably anyone on the team on the right-hand side. Offensively, right, he's not as capable. He'll get up and down the line, but his decision-making – Right. I feel like he's gassed by the time he gets up there, right? Because that's just not the type of player he is, right? He's not a Diogo Gonzalez that's going to do that whole line. He's not, you know, a, a quick player. Um, but defensively, I think he gives us a hell of a lot more assurances. Um, and who was it? Nelson says here, O Dembele passou por ele todas as vezes, tal como o Coleman tinha feito em Munique na Luz. I will say that não há muitos defesas consigam parar um Coleman ou um Dembélé com a velocidade yeah, que tenham constantemente. Um, yeah. And he said, you know, não sabe uh, defender contra gajos rápidos, tem-se de encostar com jogadores uh, velozes, o Gilberto faz isso na perfeição. Uh, o Gilberto também levou com, com um jogador diferente do lado esquerdo, ou do, yeah. do lado esquerdo do Barcelona, right? Jordi Alba is quick, but he's not a Kingsley Coleman, he's not a Dembélé, who's just quick going at you one-on-one, right? So you got to make quick decisions. Lazaro, on the other hand, he's quick. I thought he managed it really well um, and forced him outside. So different types of players, um, but yes, we it's, all know. Is Lazaro righty or lefty? Is he at least lefty? He's right? a righty. I think he's, yeah. But he he can play on both sides. I he think can he, he can use it's, both feet. But he's naturally on the right. It's crazy to look at our our outside back situation this year, and the options we have. When historically we've come into the season always complaining about how we only have like one option. If we lose it, we're fucked. Whereas this year we have on the right side we have three legitimate options. Right, we have Lazaro can play there. Gilberto can play there. Diogo Gonçalves, Andre Almeida could play out there if you wanted to. 
And on the left, I, I can see actually on the left, we have Grimaldo, Lazaro, Miguel Diaz. Gil Gil Diaz. He, he's hurt, right? Is he still yeah. hurt? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's and not on the Champions options. League roster. Yes. Okay. So, but I mean, we have options, which is we've never, as far as back as I can remember, we never have any good, solid backup options for our outside back. It's always been the starters. And then if they get hurt, we're fucked. Yeah, and Nelson mentions Zadonich. He's yeah, played there before. Played, I, would, yeah. I would rather him not play there, at least against teams yeah. that are going to have the ball, but he gives us that ability to play that whole side as well. Yeah. I, I think I think we found uh, – I think Jesus will use Andre Almeida as our third center back. Yeah. I mean, he said he wanted to do that last year until he got hurt, right? That yeah. was the plan, right? And I don't think – I thought there were people that I saw that said – like the guy on the radio was saying, I was listening to the Relato while I was watching the game, and the guy on Antenna was saying, you know, Andre Almeida no physician un bon jogo, blah blah blah. I didn't see nothing wrong. I, I disagree with it. I thought he played a hell of a game in comparison to in, in regard to how long he's been out. Yep. He didn't make any mistakes that I can recall that stood out that said, you know, what the hell are you doing? He's a different type of player, but again, I think he gives you certain assurances back there that maybe some players don't, right? The the experience factor, right? Um, Moratu, yes, he's come in and done well, but I think the reason that Andre Almeida played there is because he then doesn't, he's not forced to move Otamendi to the right, put Vertonghen in the middle, right? And then kind of moving all those pieces around, right? I think Vertonghen and Grimaldo have a good partnership over there. I prefer Otamendi in the middle as kind of leading and, and, that and, line. And Andre Almeida is used to playing a right back position, so he right. can he can if Gilberto goes up or whoever's on the right side right. goes up, he's able to slide into those spots and defend those spots. I think it's a good and, option. And there's always been one of those like utility type players. Like there was, I remember there was one game against Porto. He played, he started at right back, ended up playing like center mid. He's naturally a midfielder, back, like, holding midfielder. Yeah, like he's. They've used him in so many. Like, multiple coaches have used him in a bunch of different positions. I think he's one of those. He's one of those players that can can easily you can easily move him between like four or five different positions. And I, I think I said it before the game. I would have started Andre Almeida just for the experience reason, right? Going into camp, no, it's not. I mean, it's it blew my mind that it wasn't sold out. Like I get Barca struggling. They sold and a lot I, of tickets. Like, like I get that. Like it just blew my mind that it was like there was so many empty seats. Like, like I understand Barca struggling and all that going on. They but like bringing back Xavi, I, I figured would have gotten the fans behind them and it would have been it would have been sold out. But that blew yeah. my mind. But I, mean, I, the weather, I think the weather didn't help. Yeah. And and good point to remind me is um, shout out to the almost 3,000 Benfica fans that weathered the storm. Um, you know, they made themselves heard. Uh, shout out to Miguel uh, from the UK who took, who was our representative for Continue Benfica at the game, um, was there with the flag. So shout out to him and, and everyone else that was there because it was cold, it was wet. Um, not ideal conditions to be at a match, but as they say, Fas Juve, Fas Sol, Fas Neb, right? We're always there. So shout out to them. Uh, it would have been nice to cap that trip off with a 92nd minute victory, but unfortunately, Destiny didn't uh, have that in its cards. How are we feeling about making it through? Um, 
We've talked about this before, but now we're one game away. Oscar, I'm going to start with you. How do you feel about our chances to get through the next round? Um, all right. I hope it doesn't come down to this, but I hope Dinamo Kiev's game does not basically hurt us in the end. That was my biggest thing from the beginning is this game is going to bite us in the ass. I hope I'm wrong. Um, and hopefully Bayern thinks of Barcelona as a bigger danger in the final stages of Champions League and actually plays a solid team than Benfica. So they're like, let's get these guys out of here. So I I think I think if I'm because we still have to win our game. It's not like Bayern needs to beat Barcelona and then we we're in. No, we we still have to beat we still have to beat Dinamo at home. And if we don't beat Dinamo at home, we don't deserve to go to Champions League. I agree. So 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 bottom line. So I think we're I feel like 60 percent positive that we might go to the next stage. Okay. Um, Before hold on real quick. Before the season, like right after the draw, if we had, if anyone had told you, we go into the last game against Dinamo, needing a win to go through. We don't need a win to go through. We we need the Barcelona to lose. Or but tie. essentially, we win with through, right? Yeah. No, we're not. we're not. We're not. wins, dude. Come but on. But if bro. anyone, if anyone tells you that before the game or before the before any game, you take that a hundred percent of the time. Listen, as of right now, on our hands is Europa League. That's all we've qualified for so far. That and at the beginning of the season, when the Champions League was uh, the draw was made, Europa is where I I thought we would be. I think we said it. I think we we, we fall in third place and uh, competing with Barcelona for a second. I said that at the beginning because that's the, that was the matter. That was the facts. That's what it was. Barcelona is a struggling team this year. They lost their best players, and we. We, we are better than Dinamo, and that's where we are. If, if at the beginning of the season we said we need a win and Barcelona needs to lose to go to the, yeah, I'll sign off on it right now. But we're still exactly where I thought we would be in third place. A lot of people have been saying, um, right, like Bayern's going to field a lesser team. Bayern Munich has lost four times in the Champions League in the last four or five years. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, none of those were in the group stage, right? So normally they're progressed into the group stage game four. Um, but at home, they don't lose very often, um, especially in the Champions League. The last last year they lost at home against PSG 3-2 to two in the knockout stages. Um, and then they went to Paris and won 1-0 and knocked PSG out. Um, I, I don't, I get that they don't have anything to play for, but this is the way I'm thinking about it. Bayern Munich is in a position right now that they can say, listen, we have the opportunity to knock out a team that if given the opportunity could find their way in a final, right? If things pan out, right? That's what I just said. So do we want to do our part, right? And get rid of a big player now, right? And hope that Benfica wins at home, right? And we can at least, if, if either of these teams are going to face us in a final, no yeah, they'd rather be Benfica. They obviously want to play Benfica than Barcelona. Yeah. Right? So I think despite point-wise it not mattering to mat- mattering to them, is that a word? Mattering? Yeah. I think yeah, it yeah. is. It doesn't sound right coming out. Um I I would think that they would have some incentive to say, listen, 
we have the opportunity to knock a big name out of this competition from the group stage, right? Let's go out there and fucking win or at least not lose. So, and hope that Benfica does their job. So that's one less team that we have to worry about. So that's the, that's how I would assume they would go into it. So I'm going to say that I'm, I would say like on a zero to 10, I probably feel an eight because like you said, I think that if we're not able to beat Dinamo at home, then we don't deserve to be there. Right. So I would expect that we beat Dinamo at home. And I think that Bayern may have a little bit more motivation in this game than, you know, the, the standings in our group might say, Bill, what do you think? No, I, I agree. I, I, I mean, Barca, Bayern's um, B team, if you will, is probably as good as most starting 11s across the world. Like, even if they were to field a, a weaker team, um, I still think they they have uh, the capability of, of beating Barca, especially at home. Um, and I, I 100% agree with Oscar. Like, if we can't beat Dinamo at home, then we don't deserve to be going through. Like those were the games that we said right off the bat, like the Dinamo games that should be two wins, right? We fucked up the first one. We didn't get the three points. Um, we made up for it with take stealing points from, from Barca. And now we're in a position to where we win and we get Bayern at home against Barca. If they win, then we're through. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I think I'm that 75, 80% confident that, that we go through. I, I just can't, even with the weekend, a, a lesser Byron team, which is still very, very good if they're resting guys, like I still think they they handle Barca well, at home, no problem. Can I, what if I told you that I'm more nervous about our game against Dinamo than I am at the Barcelona against Bayern? Really? Do, do tell us more. Why? I feel because I see examples like the Pas Freire Moreirense game where we probably have all the possession, we probably have all the chances, and yeah. and we have one of those games that can't fucking put the ball in. And we've had plenty of those examples coming up to this game. And then obviously if one goal goes in, then we have the Braga game, uh, or you know, yeah. all the floodgates open. But but I I'm more nervous nervous about the the Dinamo game at home for us to go get out with the win because look at them they just played Bayern they lost two to one and Bayern had all their weapons they did but the conditions also, also were in anyone's favor snowstorm yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and and look they they went to they went to Barcelona and they could have they could have won in Barcelona like Kiev, yeah they did yeah. they I think Barcelona scored on their only chance and it was yeah. PK and, that scored and Kiev 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 is not a joke it's not a team I like you not. can just you can just say hey, listen it's a guarantee win because we're playing at home. We lost to, to who do we lose to at home? Portimonense. Portimonense. So it's it's I'm I'm more nervous about that game because I think Bayern will find one and even with their C team they they can find one and and score because I mean, but but I'm scared of our our game. But I think that the difference is that Dinamo comes in with nothing to win except money, right? Because they're already out of everything. Um, so I think their mindset coming into this game is going to be very different than the game that they had against us in Kiev, right? Whereas let's hunker down, let's try to get a point, right? A point does nothing for them, right? I think they get 900,000 euros, right? So I would assume that they come in with kind of a free mind and right? like, let's just play our game. We have, if we lose, we lose. If we win, we get some money, um, which I think could play in Benfica's favor, right? Because I don't think there's any benefit for Dinamo to come to Lisbon 
to basically play defense like they did in the first game and try to play on the counterattack the entire time. But again, time will tell. Um, but I agree, Oscar. I think there are potentials of us seeing another one of those games, right? Where we're knocking on the door, we're just not scoring our chances, and then we fuck ourselves, right? Like, would it be how bad would it be that we missed the chance today? We, you know, tie the game at home against Dinamo and Barcelona doesn't win. Like, talk about an absolute kick in the nuts that would be, right? <laughs> and it would have been exactly what I said. And I, I just read Nelson Silva's comment. Dinamo is not a joke away, not a joke at home. I know that. But coming into this group stage, right, you have Bayern, Barcelona, Dinamo. You obviously, as Benfica fans, uh, Dinamo is the weakest link, right? So that's if we will have any chance of continuing Europe, we have to beat Dinamo both games. We have to. Just like Sporting had to beat uh, Besiktas, right? And they did. They beat Besiktas both games. Now they're going to be struggling against Ajax and Dortmund, but but they did their job. They beat Besiktas. We did something that we were not expected to do. We beat Barcelona 3-0, right? But and, and, that, and that favors us, but that wasn't expected. We were expected to beat Dinamo both games, right? That's expected from Befica uh, looking at the group at the group that we had, all right? So anything above that, and Barcelona is going to be our, our uh, basically direct opponent on for second place. So, yeah, we had to meet forces to Barcelona, right? We had to go head-to-head -head and see who gets the best out of for second place. But Dinamo was supposed to be both games out of this group wins. Do you think that Nelson says here, just quickly to finish this off, um, Vejam o Sporting chega ao quinto jogo com seis pontos porque jogou os dois jogos seguidos contra o competidor direto seguidos, which their third and fourth game was against Besiktas. Do you think that had Benfica played Dinamo third and fourth game back to back that it may have been a different? A hundred percent. You think? A hundred percent. It would have been. It would have, like or even Barcelona had back to back. Like one of those two, not Bayern, because Bayern, we we came into this game to both the games thinking it's a loss. So that kills momentum, that kills goal difference. And if we play Bayern last game, like Barcelona is right now, actually, I would not want to be in that in Barcelona's <laughs> shoes. But but in a way, like it's better because Bayern's already qualified and all that, and Barcelona needs to win. So it gives Barcelona a better edge of beating Bayern there than when Benfica went there. Because when Benfica went there, they, everything was still to play for. Bayern, I think at the time, had four, uh, six, three points or six points, whatever it was. It, when we when we went there, no, they they had nine when we came to our lose, yeah, they but they six. had six. So everything was still to play for, right? So I I it was harder for us to go into Bayern and beat them there than it is for Barcelona to go there and beat them now because they're already qualified and they have nothing to play for. Yeah, that's a good point. Nelson makes a good point. Barcelona did the same thing. Game three and four was against Dinamo, right? So they captured exactly. Right, they went into that third game with zero points. Yeah. They scored two goals. Two goals, yeah. All Champions League, and it's one goal each game. Five games. They've got five games in the group stage, and they got two. Yeah, goals. that's yeah. what I mean. They, they they're not they don't score many goals. They don't have the strikers to score those goals, right? The pay to me is not a striker. He he's playing that position, but he's not a striker. Uh, Luke De Jong is not a striker to me. He's like he's a he's a Seth times twenty. Like he misses goals left and right. So so. So, uh, so Barcelona doesn't give me scoring. Is more like what team is Bayern going to put in yep. to to beat a Barcelona that's going to have a lot of possession and all that bullshit. Yeah, I agree. Um, to close this and off, just to note real quick. Yep. Bayern plays Dortmund before that Barca game, so there's no. They and who, who, they, who, they, who they play after? Uh, Mainz. 
and that's four days later. So I, I don't see, I don't see them needing to rest guys for, for mains. But they're gonna put all the players playing against Dortmund, right? The the best players. So so you never know what yeah. could come out of that game. Yeah. So Bayern. Yeah, plays- but they're not gonna be resting anyone for the next game. That's the thing. Like they could pick up injuries or whatever, but I, I don't. I don't see them like putting out eleven youth team players out there. Like I think it's going to be a mix of of yeah, their starters and a few guys off the bench. And they have quite a few injuries. Um, Sula was out. Stanisic is out. Muziala is out. Kimich is out because of COVID. Nabri's out because of COVID. Um, Cuisance is out. Chupamoting, your favorite Oscar, is out as well. So even some of these guys like. Kimmich wasn't there today. Nabri wasn't there today. Musiala played, uh, I believe he played against us, wasn't there. Sula didn't wasn't there. Upamakano wasn't there, right? So they're already so, using they're already using their B team. Correct. So today, I mean mm-hmm. they had Pavar, Nianzu played against us the second game. Hernandez, Davies in the back, Toliso, who's not a regular, played. Goretzka played Sane, Muller, Coman, and Lewandowski, right? So they made two changes, three maybe at the most in the in the team apart from their starting 11, right? But, like, even with those changes, right, like, they that still were able to go to beats. Kiev, right? Yeah. Like, that 11, I think, is still better than Barcelona's. Oh, right? no, no. I, I, that, that, I have no yeah. – no, as, as long as Lewandowski plays, I think Bayern scores, right? So just keep the guy playing. Yeah, don't – don't, don't. <laughs> Did you see his goal today? Yeah, insane. The bike, nice dude. He, he's he's, he's got to be the best striker in the world right now. He's a machine. Yeah. He's got to be the best player. In my opinion, he's the best player in the world. Like I think he, he that's takes bold. That's bold. the bull on That's bold. easily, in my opinion. Um, MVP for today, Bill. No question. Dr. <laughs> Mendy. Yeah. The fucking Stonewall. And okay, let me let me just point out Oscar call it real quick. <laughs> there were people that were talking when he first came. No. Oh, this guy this guy is gonna no, 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 no. Hundred percent. I said I think his lo- his loan is up after this year, right? No, he's he's full. He's got three years. This is the second year, but the no, salary goes up no, next year. Let, oh, let, let let me let me rephrase what I said at the beginning of this season, right? I said that I don't agree with him getting the captain armband as a new player that came in, especially because the history he has coming from Porto, right? From being a Portista and talking shit about us. Like giving him the armband, which now I take back. I have no problem taking it back. That guy is that guy is a bit the probably our biggest signing that we've had this year. Team right now, he's absolutely like a a machine. We can't. I absolutely eat all my words. I that's it. I I I said it. I say it again. I don't agree with him getting the the captain armband right now. I'll give it to him. I'll take it over over anybody else. I'll give it to him. But at the beginning when he came in, two games in, he's, he's got the armband. That's what I had a problem with. That's it. Not with a player. I just had a problem with the, his history coming from Porto, talking shit about Benfica, and then coming two games into the Benfica and getting the armband. You did have a concern about him being from Porto after the Braga goal. Yeah, yeah, I did. I <laughs> and then and then being captain like that yeah. to me. To but fair, you know. But, but now, now, now I now I he's a, our our captain. I have no problem saying he's probably better than Luizão as a captain right now. <laughs> I was just gonna say, could you see now? what JJ's reasoning for it was right in terms of the leadership in terms of leading by example on the field. Cause I thought that's what was the main driver, right? I need someone that's going to have a different mentality and lead by example. And I think he's shown it on multiple times. And I would 
I saw it on Twitter, and I, I think I agree. I don't know if I can remember a Benfica center back having such like a monstrous performance in one game like he did. Like he was a fucking machine today. No, he's I <laughs> see, see see like he reminds me of of Pep. Like he's he's identical to the Pep mentality, right? They played he's, together, right? Porto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. He's he's Rasudo. You can see you saw what he did against Brazil in the in the Copa America, like a few. Like legit, like he's a pep, all right. But you saw the game that Pep had for Porto, I believe, against Liverpool, Atletico Madrid, this this Champions League, where they said a performance from Pep at 38 years old has never been seen seen before. The guy's a, a machine, blah blah blah. That's what I saw in Otamendi today, like a machine. Like those two guys, if they were both Portuguese, there would be no doubt. I well, Ruben Diaz is there, but still, Pep and Bru and and Otamendi would be my starters. Nelson says Ruben Diaz e ele Otamendi tinham feito uma dupla do 100%. Eredinho. I agree yeah. that would have been monster center back. Monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um so a, a unanimous decision here on Otamendi. Yeah, there's no. I mean, let's not take credit like like you said Grimaldo had a phenomenal game. I thought Vlaco had a beautiful game. He, yeah. he had some some stops that that he kept us in the game. Um you know, we we as a team, other than you take a few players like Rafa Del Quai, Yarmachuk was quiet, but like João Mari was somewhat quiet today. He was he was, he was dropped he was in the last couple. He was also which were injured, me. right? Like he was a doubt until I mean he's a doubt, yeah, but if he's game. able to start the game, then I would imagine that he's not that much of a doubt, right? Yeah. I, I thought I you know, I didn't see much from Vigel, but he's he's the type of player, he's like a Busquets. He's quiet, but he does his, his job, right? Um I the back line to me was on top of in top notch. Like I thought Gilberto, Otamendi, Vertogen, Andre Almeida, and Grimaldo. I thought they were playing play with fire with, with the high line. Like they, they kept yeah but they, they see, high line. I yeah, thought they were playing with fire, but they were on hundred percent I'm assuming Otamendi because he's at the heart of it is keeping everyone in and they were fucking on yeah. point. Did yeah, as soon yeah, as Otto would push everyone was was sliding up and they had that 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 high line on point today, but I thought yeah. at the beginning I thought they were playing with fire because th- there's some pacey guys up top for. for there, there's a there's a few. I mean, they they took they they didn't they take a goal away a goal yeah. away from uh from Barca. They had eight offsides. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They 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 definitely played the offside trap. David Pereira says you don't think Grimaldo's a liability defensively at that defensively at that level. Yeah, I mean, uh, we touched on it earlier. I think we we all agree that Grimaldo defensively isn't the greatest. Offensively, he's much better. And but, this is, but and, we, and, go ahead. But, no, and this this is the whole reason why the formation yeah. that Jesus is using the three back line is for Grimaldo to excel. It's to Grimaldo to be able to wing back instead of a right a, a left back, yeah. right? So that's the and I think it plays for Grimaldo's uh, advantage. Agreed. And I think that yes. in fairness, I think he's been better defensively over the course of the last couple of games. But again, we know what we're going to get with Grimaldo, right? He's not a defensive-minded left back. He's more of a get-forward kind of guy. And like Oscar said, I think that the plan, given the players that he has and the resources that he has available to him, I think that's why JJ wants to play a back three because he's got guys that can get up and down the wing and he can solidify that back line with three center backs that can play wide and not have to depend on Grimaldo as much to defend. So, uh, but good shot there, Dave. 
And to end things off, we are going to have our Fora do Contexto. I got three videos here, which I think are interesting, and we will review them and end things on a high note. So without further ado. Thank it is. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Can you guys see the video? <laughs> no, I, oh, I saw on. Jesus. Take it easy. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got to remove it from the studio. Let me re-add it. Uh, where is it? Uh, all right. Thank it is. Come on. Oh, okay. Going? Oh, you got to be kidding me. Oh, here we go. There it is. Thank it is. Oh, okay. Pass out. Why is it not? It's not moving. Really. Hold on. It might be buffering. Hold on a second. This is going to be upsetting. Thank it is. Oh, okay. Pass out. Dude, what is going on? No I, I tested this before. All right, hold on. Thank it is. Oh, oh, okay. Pass out. Are you kidding me? This is so annoying. <laughs> so what explain the video? You gotta pay the Wi-Fi bill, bro. <laughs> Dude. Why is coming with some lava? Well there it is. I can I go. I'm just gonna show the video by itself. Hold on, I got the individual videos here. So let me just bring them up. Oh, that's so annoying. Let me just remove this from the studio. Let me bring up these three videos which I think are interesting. Um, let's see, what's the first one? Uh, is it the, no, it's not that one. This one here. So this one first. Uh, actually, I have the video here. Hold on. I'll do this. You can, I don't know if it's going to carry the audio, but you'll get the point. Uh, share screen. Window. Here we go. All right, can you see the video? Okay, here we go. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's carrying, is it carrying the audio or no? No audio. No. Teach your kids to pick their head up when they're dribbling. Don't you. This is Kenny in California. Kenny, I hope you're watching. Don't <laughs> That's clean tackle, though. Look at this, dude. You got the ball. Yeah, I got the ball in my ass. Look at this. Oh, oh where's the ball? Goodness. Look, where's the ball at his feet? And I didn't want to put this one in this because it's too soon, but. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> I blame the grass. The grass has a hole there. Look at this miss, dude. So bad. Yeah, so. But it's a couple of all day, yeah. I'm upset that the audio that that video didn't work because um, I tested it earlier, but it is what it is. Technology, when you test it live, that's what happens. Um, so we have a game on uh, Saturday against Bissad or Bolinsad, um, and hopefully we come away with the win. It's away from home. Uh, thank you to everyone that was in the comments. There was quite a few. Uh, Kenny said, that's not me, and Seth should be relegated to that league. <laughs> <laughs> hearing jesus say take it easy is good enough uh and this guy is such a national treasure from david Pereira. um <laughs> uh nelson says quando jogava vi um colega de equipa acertar na trave em cima da linha de golo pá e a bola saiu 
damn <laughs> that's ridiculous um thanks to everyone that was in the chat kenny dave nelson um who else is in there slbes um we had uh, tony and martinez was in there a few others thank you to everyone that was uh, joining the conversation carlos Pereira was in there as well um don't forget to check us out on facebook uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, give us a like, give us a share. Um, check us out on our website, continuebyfikista.com. We have various articles, pre-match uh, or match previews. We have post-match reviews. Um, gentlemen, uh, it was just a few of us, but it was a good conversation. And uh, we will be back next week to talk about Besad Benfica and we will preview Benfica Sporting the Derby uh, Paul will be here with us and uh, a debut for Biggie Biggie's gonna make his debut on the podcast so oh boy and well Biggie's oh, things that Biggie says can we do this after 10 o'clock at night it <laughs> makes it that much better <laughs> by the way my prediction is 3-1 for Benfica against Bonnets okay 3-1 for Benfica Bill what's your prediction I'm going to go 2-0. So Oscar says 1-3. Bill says 0-2. I'm going to say 1-0. I think it's going to be a game with some heavy legs, potentially, after today's game. Um, what is, uh, where do they play the games? Jamord. Shitty field. In four days. So it's not going to... I mean, they should have enough time to rest. We'll see. I mean, today was a heavy game, heavy pitch, um, but we shall see. Oscar did get the prediction today, or he predicted a draw. I think, would you predict 1-1? One, 1-1. One? One, one. All right, so he at least got the, the draw. I said 1-1 one, one too, Karagi. Oh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week. Um, thank you to everyone. Let me find the video here, and we will chat next week. We are Benfica, and uh, for those of you who want, tomorrow, 3.30 Boston time, uh, 8.30 Lisbon time. We'll be here with the Portuguese podcast with eating cevolada. Yeah, watch your watch your idiots eating yeah. fucking onions. We got the cevolas for tomorrow. Me, João, Luis, Nuno, and we have Mauro Chevier joining us. Um, he has uh, been part of the CMTV group representing Mefica. He just got involved there, so he's going to join us and share his thoughts. So tune in tomorrow, three thirty, eight thirty Portugal time. Um, and we will catch you guys uh, another day. Good night and talk to you soon.